Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. My name is Whitney Brayer and I am a coach. I'm a keynote speaker and a trainer in the area of personal development, resiliency, and positive mindset. And this is what this podcast is about to help you grow your life, your team, your company, and develop yourself to reach your full potential. And in this podcast, I'll be talking about two things that are critical to helping you through any type of unexpected crisis when change comes out of the blue and kind of knocks the wind out of your sails. And um, I'd like to tell you basically a short story. What happened to me when my father said to me as a young child, he said to me, Whitney, after the crisis is before the crisis. And I remember staring up at my father because I was only 10 years old. And I said, Dad, I have no idea what you're talking about. What do you mean after the crisis is before the crisis? I was in the fourth grade and it was the first week of summer vacation. And yeah, I had a problem. I wanted new clothes for school. I wanted cool clothes. I wanted to be in style. That was my goal just to fit in. I didn't want to be different when the new school year started because a few weeks before we had moved from Florida to North Carolina, which is about 650 miles or a thousand kilometers up north. My father had a new job and suddenly within four weeks, we had sold our house. We had found a new one in North Carolina and we had said goodbye to friends and family that I had grown up with. And although this saying goodbye was quite difficult, there was one thing that I was quite excited about. I didn't have to go to a private school anymore. Starting now in the fourth grade, my parents had allowed me to attend a public school. And there's one cool thing about a public school is that there's no school uniform. You can choose, based on clothing guidelines, what you can wear to school. And that's what I wanted to do is have cool clothes. And I remember asking my dad or my mom for money to go shopping. (laughs) And my parents said, get a job. Make sure you get enough money earned before school starts. You can buy what you want. Dad, get a job? I'm 10 years old. You want me to go work? Yep, you can do it. (sighs) After getting over the initial shock and a little bit of contemplation, I had a plan. I decided that I would open a kind of garden service in our neighborhood. You know, like mowing grass, pulling weeds, maybe uh, trimming hedges or watering flowers when neighbors are on vacation. And when I presented my plan to my father, he asked me, standing in the garage, Oh, good idea, but which, which, what kind of equipment do you want to use? And I looked around, I said, well, there's a lawnmower, there is a wheelbarrow, and uh, there's an edge, a hedge trimmer. Yep, that's right. And they belong to me, he said. Do you want to rent these, this equipment from me? To be honest, I had never considered that, having to rent this equipment from my dad. And I swallowed hard and I said, well, what does the rent cost? He thought for a moment and said, looking at his equipment, 25% of each job you do. For example, if you get $4 for working in someone's yard, how much do you have to give me? A dollar. Dad, 
25%, that's unfair. That's, it's criminal. You can't do this to your daughter. Hmm. Well, then make me a counter offer, he said quite wisely. And I thought about it for a moment. I said, well, if you loan me the money, I'll go out and buy my own equipment and then I'll pay it back to you. But then that equipment belongs to me. He held, a, he held out his hand and said, that's a deal. But I have to warn you. Yeah, about what? I have to warn you, Whitney, when you go out and, and collect customers or knock on people's doors. Yeah, what? Yeah, you're a girl. A dad, I know I'm a girl, but what's the problem? Well, Whitney, he said, a lot of people believe that girls aren't strong enough or smart enough um, or smart enough to do this work. They probably rather hire a boy to do garden service. I guess a lot of people believe that boys can do this better than girls. Ah, Dad, that's no way. Yeah, I'm serious, Whitney. I'm just warning you, you need a plan B when you go knock on the door because I'm sure they're going to shut some doors in your face. Well, what do you want me to do? Oh, that's up to you, he said. It's your business and you're a smart girl. I'm sure you'll think of something. So a few hours later, I went down the street and I decided to knock on the door a few houses down of Mr. Jones. As I knocked on the door and took a step back, I heard steps from within. I heard the door slowly opening and Mr. Jones poked his head out the door, looked up and then looked down at me. Yep. What can I do for you? Uh, my name is Whitney and I am offering garden service here in the neighborhood. You know, mowing the grass, pulling weeds. And he laughed. This man laughed at me and said, you're a girl, forget it. He was just about to close the door in my face when I stuck my foot out to stop it. Wait, 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 Mr. Jones, don't close the door yet. I have an offer for you. Ah, oh, plan B, I thought. Don't you just hate it when your parents are right? <laughs> and he looked down at me, almost amused, and said, okay, what? So I stood up straight and straightened my shoulders and looked him directly into the eyes as best I could. Mr. Jones, for a property this big, how much would you normally pay somebody to mow your grass? Five dollars. Yep, I agree. Five dollars would be the going rate. Here's my offer. I'll mow your grass here for a dollar. What? Where's the catch? You're going to mow this for a dollar? But here's my offer, Mr. Jones. When I'm finished and you think that my work has more value than a dollar, you pay me what you think is fair. Deal. He laughed, held out his hand, and then closed the door. Two hours later, I was on the way home and grinning from ear to ear because I had $6 in my pocket and a satisfied customer. I had not only mowed his grass, I had often, I had also swept his driveway, which turned out later to be one of my USPs, sweeping. You always give the customer just a little bit more than they're expecting, I had learned from my dad. Now I was sitting on the front porch with my dad and telling him with a lot of pride about this money and how I had had my plan B. 
Yep. After the crisis, before the crisis, he said. Well, what do you mean, Dad? He said, Whitney, just be careful because life is just full of change. That's what life is about. Challenges and crises come and go and things will always come out of the blue. And they're always going to try to knock the wind out of our sails. A lot of people say, just kind of wait and stay low and hope, hope the storm is over soon. And then they'll get started. Then things will be better when things calm down. But what most people don't understand is that the next crisis is already on its way. That's life. Small crises, big ones, that's what life is made of. And we just don't know what's going to happen next. And just waiting it out and holding low is probably not the best strategy. From my point of view, he said to me, you need two things. Before, during, and after a crisis for you to get through it. The first one? Yeah, a plan B. Always have at least a plan B. And the second? I have to tell you, 45 years later, I experienced the second one here living in Germany, which came out of the blue. Because on this morning, this was just a few months ago, during the COVID-19 crisis, I received a letter from the local authorities. It was a reminder that my American passport was going to expire in a few months, and a reminder that my permanent residency as a foreigner to live here in Germany and work and pay taxes was in this passport that was going to expire. A very formal reminder that if I did not get my passport renewed, they could not renew my residency here. And without a residency card, basically, I have no right to stay here. I might even be politely asked to leave. And I stared down at the paper and I just, I couldn't believe my eyes. I dropped the paper on my desk and went immediately online to find the U.S. consulate, the U.S. embassy over here, to find out what the deal is about renewing my passport. It hadn't even been on my radar. I hadn't even left the city I'm living in for eight weeks, much less thought about traveling abroad, and my passport was somewhere in a drawer. Finding it and going on to the embassy, I, I discovered in shock they were closed. They were closed due to COVID-19 and only in life and death emergencies were they processing any applications for renewing passports. And even this process was going to take an extended period of time. I went down their checklist and, and got my photos. I filled out the application and the last thing on the line really got my attention. It said, you need to transfer you need to have a check made out to the U.S. consulate in Frankfurt for 110 U.S. dollars. You need to get this check from a German bank drafted to the consulate. And there was a complete list of instructions. So I called my local bank in German headquarters and was informed that I had to drive 45 minutes to a location of this bank branch office who would do this for me. I looked at my watch, jumped into my car, and flew as fast as I could. When I ran into the bank, it was 10 after 5, and I knew they were closing at 5.30 p.m. I had just made it. 
And I walked up to the counter behind the COVID-19 plastic shield and said, ah, Mrs. Schmidt, my name is Whitney Brayer. I need 110 US dollars made out on check drafted from your bank to the US consulate. The money can be deducted directly from my account, which I have with you. She just stared back at me. She said, Frau Breer, this is the year 2020. We don't do checks. Things have been, things like this are obsolete, Frau Breer. I'm sure you've misunderstood the embassy's instructions. Uh, no, I even printed them out in German for you as I slid them under the COVID-19 shield for her to read. No, sorry, you got it all wrong. You're gonna have to find a different solution. Next person, please. And I leaned over and I said, and I hate this question, I said, Mrs. Smith, can I speak to your manager, please? Maybe he or she can help me. No, he can't because rules are rules. We don't do checks. Mrs. Schmidt, I'm not leaving this line until I speak to someone who may be able to help me if you can't. She rolled her eyes, sighed audibly, and stomped off to the back office to go talk to her manager. Mr. Jacobs came out about a minute later. After understanding the situation and me re-explaining it, he almost jumped for joy. And he patted Mrs. Schmidt on the shoulder and said, Oh, isn't this wonderful? And she looked at him and she said, What? What are you talking about? Look, I have worked at this branch office for 25 years and I have never had the chance to do this kind of check. We have a form for it that's been back in this metal cupboard for over 20 years. And finally, one year before my retire, retirement, I get a chance to use it. He said, almost hopping, jumping for joy. And she looked at him and said, you know how to do this? You've done this before? And he said these magic words. He said, not yet. I haven't done it yet. But we can figure it out together. This is all very figureoutable. And he ran off to the back cupboard, dug through a stack of forms, and, and came back waving one in the air like he just won an Olympic gold medal. I've got it. I've got it. Let's do it. And about 10 minutes later, five minutes before closing time, with a long line going now out of the bank because it's taken so much time, I had my check. I had my check. Mr. Jacobs figured it out. And sitting back on this veranda 45 years earlier with my father, after the crisis is before the crisis, Whitney. There's two things you need to keep in mind before, during, and after every unexpected change in life. Yeah, Dad, I know, a plan B. Always have a plan B, an emergency plan. That's right. And the second one, he leaned over and told me when I was 10 years old, he said, Whitney, have a not yet attitude. A not yet attitude is the cornerstone to a growth mindset. A fixed mindset are statements like, I don't know how to do it. I've never done this before. This is impossible. This is not going to work out. Never change a running system. A growth mindset says, okay, this is a challenge. How can I fix it? I've never done this before. Not yet but this is very figureoutable. 
So if you want to go through every crisis in your life with a little bit more resiliency, remember to have a plan B. Always. Maybe a plan C or a plan D. There's a lot of letters in the alphabet to have some backup plans. And develop a not yet attitude. As soon as we have this attitude, our brain literally mentally relaxes and starts to look for solutions instead of focusing on problems. So get out there, grow your life, get your plan B, and develop a not yet attitude. And have a good one. And thank you again so much for taking your time to listen today. If you'd like further support or more information about trainings and coachings and keynote speeches that I do, please contact me at www.whitneybrayer.com. There's a contact site there and other podcasts, other information about me, and we'd love to help you any way we can. You might also enjoy following me on Instagram and other social media channels. Instagram, it's hashtag Whitney Brayer official. And there I post things in English, sometimes in German, videos, quotes, captions, inspirational topics to get you out there growing, thriving, and flourishing in life. So check me out, follow me, and have a great day.